Chapter Five of the Handbook to the Rivers and Broads of Norfolk and Suffolk by George Christopher Davies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, Acle to Roxham. The wind on the next morning was from the northwest, a head wind for us, and there was little of it so little indeed that we could not stem the tide and had to quant for three miles then we came to the mouth of the river thurne leading to hickling broad up which we intended to sail on our return from wroxham the bure turns off sharply to the west and as the wind gradually gained in strength we were able to dispense with the unwelcome labour of quanting the first noteworthy spot that we came to was st bennet's abbey situated on the north bank of the river once upon a time it must have been a mighty building covering much ground as its scattered ruins testify now nought reminds us of its founder sensible king canute but a fine archway with some contiguous walls upon which a windmill has been erected but which is now itself in ruins and two massive parallel walls standing about two hundred yards to the eastward also there are arched doorways and strong walls in the house by the riverside whose cool recesses speak of ancient days this house was once a public house we landed to get a drink of buttermilk and lay in a store of eggs and butter we also climbed to the top of the ruined arch whence a wide prospect is visible and one may count a goodly number of churches opposite the ruins is a dyke down which a wherry turned where does that lead to asked wynne to south walsham broad which is a mile and a half down it and although wherries can sail down this boat which draws about five feet six inches cannot still we can go down in the jolly or if you like stay here and fish for perch this is a noted spot because there is a hard gravelly bottom and by the way we might have stopped at thurne mouth which is a good place for pike i like exploring these dykes so i vote we go down to the broad so we started and overtook the wherry which had been aground and she gave us a tow down the broad which was formerly one sheet of water has by the growth of reeds and plants been divided into two portions there was nothing particular to be seen in the first one but on rowing into the further broad we saw a cottage on the right bank which with its long low thatch deep eaves its honeysuckles and roses its trees and its landing-place formed a most tempting object for a sketch and one the artist would do well to seek the broad is private save for the navigation across one part of it to south walsham and the fishing is preserved the old course of the river formerly made a horseshoe bend down towards south walsham and the present straight channel by the abbey ruins is an artificial cut 
the site of the abbey is an island of solid ground in the midst of a great extent of marsh when we got back to the boat we saw the man fast asleep on the counter with his rod in the river in tow of a large perch weighing one pound and a half which we secured about a mile further on the right hand as we ascend the river is the mouth of the river ant leading to barton broad and statham of which more anon the river is getting uncommonly pretty said wynne and this slow tacking enables me to see it to advantage eh how close we steer to the fishing boats and pray tell me why do fishermen in norfolk wear such extraordinary hats here is another dyke can we sail down it if we only drew four feet of water we could go on to ramworth broad then on my next cruise here i will get a yacht that does not draw more than a wherry does it is absurd to have such deep draught yachts where there are so many shallows let us row down ranworth broad is a very pretty broad but grown up so that it is divided into two the eastern half is navigable to the village of ranworth but otherwise private as is the other portion of the broad this is very strictly preserved on account of the wild fowl which frequent it it is a favourite fishing place although permission has first to be obtained from the owner who however cannot be expected to give leave indiscriminately it is not worth while seeking to fish in private waters in this district for other fish than pike seeing that the free fishing in the rivers is as good as any one could wish for from the eastern part of the broad a very pretty picture with the church in the background on a wooded height is visible then to horning ferry where as we approached a horse and cart were being ferried across and we had to lie to for a few minutes until the huge raft was safely across and the chain lowered the public-house at the ferry is a very comfortable one with a nice sitting-room and garden in front and is a capital place to make one's headquarters it is about nine miles drive from norwich and four from wroxham railway station a little further on is horning village a picturesque group of houses straggling along the river bank with a large windmill on the hill behind making a good picture here our ears were greeted with the song which for generations past the small children of the village have chanted to passing yachts ho john barleycorn ho john barleycorn all day long i raise my song to old john barleycorn that is all it is simple and effective and extracts coins from two easily pleased holiday-makers the river turns to the left at right angles to its former course as it passes the village and on the north bank is a reedy sheet of water called hoveton or hofton little broad where there is a small colony of the black-headed gulls 
on the south side is a small but pretty broad called the decoy broad then the river turns still more sharply to the left and we sailed due south after having come due north by horning what a number of anglers there are said wynne and the singular thing is that they always seem to be catching fish how many have you caught he called out to two fishermen in a boat about six stone, sir was the reply but we have been at it since daylight and they bite very slow i must say i think norfolk a very favoured county with all these splendid rivers and free fishing and one place seems as good as another yes as long as you pick deepish water and get under a lee do they ground bait the place where they fish not before they come but while fishing they throw in a good deal of meal mixed with water and clay if they were to ground bait one or two suitable places on both sides of the river so as to be sure of getting a lee for a day or two before they fish they ought to get even more than they do now here is a boatload trailing for jack ask how many they have caught wynne did so and the reply was fifteen but all small they run from two pound up to seven people here either fish for pike with a live bait or trail with a spoon you rarely see anybody spinning by casting or even using a dead bait on a spinning flight now i know that in the hands of one or two people a paternoster has proved very deadly with three large minnows on your tackle and roving about close to the bank you may get many pike and perch i'll try it in the morning before breakfast said wynne in another mile the river again turns westward on the north is a very large broad called hofton great broad whence comes the clangour of a large colony of black-headed gulls the broad is not navigable for anything of greater draught than a small sailing boat and now all access to it has been barred by chains across the dikes and is strictly preserved chiefly in consequence it is said of the disturbance of the gulls by visitors the gulls flew screaming overhead in a white cloud so that the air seemed filled with them and the half-grown young ones floated on the water as lightly as thistledown although this colony is nothing like so large as the famous one at scolton mere near hingham in norfolk yet it is extremely interesting and particularly when the eggs are being hatched off and the little fluffy brown balls which represent the young birds are running and creeping about the reeds and grasses and swimming in and out of the water-divided tussocks air and water and grasses seem thrilling with abundant life and the air is deafened with abundant noise a noise however which discordant as it is has for a naturalist the music of the nightingale the water is very shallow at the east end where the gulls are but the soft mud is of an exceeding great depth some years ago the american weed 
anacharis alcinastrum that pest of our inland waters so completely filled this broad that a duck could walk upon the surface it then suddenly decayed at the same time poisoning the fish so that they died by thousands since this time the broad has been comparatively free from it during wynne's visit the broad was still open and we visited it in the jolly after rowing about for some time we turned to go back to the yacht and wynne said i don't see the sails of the yacht anywhere where can she have disappeared to i know that the river is over there because there is the sail of a wherry over the reeds but there is no channel through the reeds and it is no use your rowing that way you have lost your way my boy we only laughed at him and rowed on i tell you that there is no way into the river here oh yes there is i beg your pardon but i should have rowed about until doomsday before i found the way off and you couldn't have landed for i don't think there is a bit of solid ground all around the broad but where is the yacht for there was no sign of her the wide opening on the opposite side of the river suggested that perhaps the man had taken her on to salus broad so we rowed on disturbing a kingfisher which was perched on a bulrush and there was a pitcher wynne cried oh with delight and although i have seen the like so many times the scene is always fresh in its beauty on the placid bosom of the small lake the yacht lay motionless while a pair of swans with their brood of cygnets swam near her outside the ever-present boundary of green reeds was a darker circle of trees and crowds of yellow lilies made a bright bit of colour in the foreground on the further shore was a thatched boathouse and behind it a wooded bank the thud of the jolly against the yacht's side aroused a wild duck a shoal of rudd broke the still surface as they sprang from a pursuing pike and the red and white cows which had pushed through the reeds to drink stood looking at us contemplatively we dropped the anchor and got tea ready and wynne worked hard at a watercolour sketch brush in one hand bread and butter in the other palette plate and sketch block mixed up and the brush going as often into his teacup as into the mug of water after tea we landed and walked into the long and straggling village of salus in search of bread and fresh meat and on our return climbed to the top of the bank whence a fair prospect met our eyes at our feet were salus broad and the smaller broad next to it which i call salus little broad a lakelet covered with water lilies outside these the sinuous river doubling upon itself as though loth to leave so pleasant a land hofton broad to the right and roxham broad to the left many white sails flitting about on the latter and more yachts coming slowly up the river there is a navigation across salus broad to salus stathe 
but the present owner of the broad discourages sailing upon it and the reader is advised not to anchor or moor there the old times when one could come and go upon the broads as a matter of apparent right are now past we went to girling's farm close by to get milk and eggs and butter and i may mention that mr girling has comfortable rooms to let suitable for a family whilst the situation is unsurpassed for prettiness we quantered off the broad and found just sufficient air moving on the river to take us gently on we had a little surprise in store for Wynne. as we came up to roxham broad i asked him to reach me something out of the cabin when he was safe inside i put the helm up and we slipped through the gatway into the broad when Wynne came out of the cabin instead of the river banks he saw the wide stretching broad the queen of the broads for her beauty size and depth of water combined this is lovely i had no idea that we had left the river what a string of fishing boats are they having a match yes angling matches are very favourite amusements here and the prizes are sometimes valuable and sometimes very miscellaneous in their nature they are very sociable well-conducted gatherings and i think the norfolk anglers would meet with old isaac's approbation as being honest and peaceable men they all look very happy but tell me are there always so many yachts here as there are to-day not quite the fact is there is a regatta of the norfolk and suffolk yacht club here to-morrow and it is always a genuine water frolic this is a favourite place at all times roxham is only seven miles by rail from norwich and the broad is only a mile and a half from roxham by water we drifted across to the other side of the broad and there dropped our anchor and made all snug it was a lovely evening and yacht after yacht came upon the broad and anchored anchoring by the way meaning in the majority of cases dropping some pigs of ballast overboard at the end of a rope for the mud is so soft that an ordinary anchor would drag through it we visited our friends on various yachts and then the moon shone so brightly out of a cloudless sky that late as it was we did not turn in for a long time but floated about in the boat and yarned about old times until it was very late indeed End of chapter five